is 2021. It just feels good in saying that. Now, now I, I got to tell you something is that I, I woke up. You ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you know? I woke up on the right side of the bed, but I was ticked. And I wasn't ticked at any person. I was ticked at the enemy. Because I'm sick and tired of him attacking the body of Christ. And that I come here, in fact, if I can, I'm going to take my coat off because I'm in a mood to um, go to battle. I'm looking for a white horse ready to storm the gates of hell because it will not prevail. We're starting a series this very morning dealing with the core values for 2021. Now, core values are very important. Most individuals or organizations and churches, they have core values. And, and I want you to know, you all have a core value. Now, if, it's, if you say, well, I, I'm not sure what, what my core value is. Well, if you have not purposely acknowledged it, is that the culture which we live in can define that core value in your life. Or the Word of God could define that core value within your life. I'm choosing the Word of God because His Word tells us that we are being conformed into His image out of Romans 8, 29, and 30. And so I want to begin talking to you this year about not just what you do, but who you are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's Tom and the rest of your kids. We've gathered together here to worship you. And what incredible worship, Lord. It was so exciting to praise you and to worship you, Lord, this morning. I love the heart of worship of this congregation. I love the heart of worship of every individual that is watching online as well. Heavenly Father, I pray. That, that you would bring our minds to help us focus of what it is that you want to say to us as we begin a new year, the very first Sunday of a new year. L let us understand what you are wanting to do and being the best that we can be for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, it's... How many of you have made New Year resolutions? I loved it. In the first service, not one single person rose their hand. Because sometimes I'm thinking, what's the purpose? They're going to break them in the next couple of weeks anyhow. But, but, you know, the world is making all types of resolutions, which I don't even want to entertain what some of those may be. But here's what I do want you to know, is in 2021, God has given us an opportunity to remind us through his word in this study, in this series on who we are. Because you see, it's, it's, it's not so much what I do, it's important, faith without works is dead, but, but I have to be who God has called me to be before I could do what God is calling me to do. So we're going to talk about that. And here's the beautiful thing about, about this, this core value. And the very first one is this personal integrity. Wow. If, if we ever need integrity today in a world in which we are living in, it's, it's today. 
Well, here's something unique about our integrity. Not only is it who we are, and that's important, but it also becomes like a, well, I thought at first a billboard, but we don't have billboards that much anymore. So what we do, we do everything electronically, everything electronically, and we send out these, these social media advertisements all over the world and all over the community. And it's like a social media message. And that message is to the unchurched that is around us. It's an invitation. Because I read that 82% of the people before the unchurched, before they often come to church or accept your invitation, they want to see it living in your life. They want to see the core value, the beliefs, your, who you are. It's, and, and I'm telling you, they will check out your social media because that screams a whole lot of what you are and who you are, what you are saying on those things. I, I'm on Facebook not because I care about it because I really don't care about that. Is I'm on it because I'm checking on my staff. <laughs> I want to know what they're saying. Because we live truly in a glass house. And, and our, our calling, our job is, is not you know, eight hours a day. It's 24-7. And, and that we, and, but I want you to know the world is watching that as well. They, they want to see who you are, what you believe in, and, and what are you saying. Because before they ever come, it, it's like that, that, and more importantly, and I know that's important, the social media aspect, but even more important than that is how I live before them. Hear me out. Because it's more than just the knowledge, the unchurched, is knowing the truth, but them seeing it lived in our life. In him, we live, we move, and we have our being. It's that purposeful life. Now, I want you to turn to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Now, Jesus, in that very first about 12 verses, is, is teaching on the Beatitudes. And, and maybe the, as you want to do something for the beginning of the new year, Go to Matthew, go to first, uh, the chapter 5, the first 12 verses. Study that. Hear what the Spirit is saying to you about who you are, how to conduct your life in being, not so much just doing. But, but here's, I found something interesting. I saw a, a study that was made of a secular study of 1,300 senior executives across America. And they asked them, on the list, the order and priority, what they thought was the most important within their organization. 90%, did you hear what I said? 90% of those majority unchurched executives said the most important thing in their organization is integrity. Hmm. Even the world is looking for people of integrity. Matthew 5, verse 13 from the Good News Translation, he says, you are like salt for the whole human race. Now, I, I want you, you know, some of you might be even using a, a you know, this, this paper thing. It's called the Bible. Okay, you may have that in your lap. I, I have this one because it's very special to me. This is Ray Hewer's Bible. 
and a, a dear man who went home to be with the Lord this past year and that I had the privilege of having this Bible given to me and I keep that in my office often because I know this word has been read by the hours every single day. But, but, but maybe even electronically, because electronically, you could pull that, that verse up and you could color code it. What I would want you to do, color code it, circle it, whatever you do to emphasize it, that emphasize the you. Listen to this, the 13th verse. You are like the salt of the whole human race. It doesn't say you preachers, you prophets, you scholars of the word. It says you all of us. So look at the person beside you saying, he's talking about you right now. Um, but if salt loses its saltiness, there is no way to make it salty again. It has become worthless so that so it is thrown out and people trample on it. I mean, they don't even dispose of it properly. They just wanted to get it out of their house as fast as they can, throw it on the ground, and they don't care who steps on it. Now, verse 14, there is that word you again. You can circle it, highlight it, do whatever you want. But I'm emphasizing you are like the whole um, world. A city built on the hill cannot be hid. No light, a lamp, and puts it under the bowl. Instead, he puts the puts it on a lampstand, where it gives get this, where it gives light for everyone in the house. I don't think it's by accident. It just says in the house, because you see your walk of integrity. The priority of that walk of integrity begins in the home because your spouse, your kids, who is there, your friends, your neighbors, or someone staying with you, they will see that walk lived out in the home. And I'm telling you, body of Christ, it is so vitally important that we line ourselves up. I can't be one thing in the church or one thing in the public and something else in the home because it will scream to everybody around us is that we're not real. There's no integrity that is there. He says, it begins in the home. Then, in the same way, your light must shine before people. That's saying, let's take it to our world, the culture around us. Once I have it down in the home, I begin to take it out into the world itself so that they may see the good things that you do and praise the Father, your Father in heaven. I love that too. They're not even giving you a pat on the back. They're saying, boy, that kind of life, what you're doing can't be natural. It's not something that any of us really could do by ourselves. We can't accept people like that. We can't forgive people like that. We can't live like that on our own. I'm not made that way. And we are, well, we are made that way. We're just not cultivated that way. And when I allow the Word of God to cultivate me, then it begins to be lived out, and they could see, wow, that is Something only God is able to do. So in 2021, God has a purpose for us. And that purpose is to be people of integrity, which are people are of influence. We live our lives according well to Matthew 5, 1 through 12, the Beatitudes. 
in which demonstrates who we are, that we can be salt and we could be light in our homes and the world around us. Don't you find it intriguing that, that Jesus focuses on being before he ever focuses on doing? Hmm. I find that, well, it kind of just puts the spotlight on something that is so vitally important. I believe that our goal of integrity in our lives is that we become people of influence. In 1 Peter 2.9, that we see that we are God's chosen and special people. <laughs> you are special people. And, and you're chosen. Then, then it goes on and says that we are to be a group of a royal priesthood. Saying you to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and that God has brought us out of darkness. He's recognizing the darkness, brought us out of darkness in a marvelous light. Then he tells us, then I want you to share with the world about what I'm doing in your life. Uh, I try not to uh, listen to a little as much of news that I have to. I, I may want to check well, I, it's kind of useless to check the weather in here in Arizona. I mean, how much does it change, you know? A degree here and there. We might be a little bit cooler than, than normal. But, but, but when we moved here 20 years ago, there was a, a we came from um, Indiana. And in Indiana, they would have tornadoes and all types of stuff. And, 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 and there was a weather look, weather look. I says, Arlene, there's a weather look. What's a weather look? We looked at a weather look. And the weather alert was wind. I go, you got to be kidding. When? You know, I, I'm, I'm looking at the hide in the bathtub somewhere because there's sirens going off because a tornado is in the area. And they say, when? Right. But I tried not to watch as much because all you hear is raging storms, tornadoes, earthquakes, bombing, shootings, pandemic deaths, the failure of the government, or should I say the loss of integrity in the political realm of people. Several years ago, the worldwide news poll selected Mother Teresa as the most respected woman in the world. And, and maybe they chose her because what she did, her servant's heart. And believe me, it was absolutely incredible. But before that servant's heart was ever able to be or do what it was doing, she had to have a spirit servant's spirit that was being who she was, a person of great integrity. Well, I believe that in 2021, we have a world all around us that is looking for people of integrity. They could trust your word because your word is being lived out in alignment of the word of God. And it could be trusted. It is yea and amen of what you are saying because who you are being. See, you people are, you know, they start to think, well, if I'm going to influence people, I'm not sure I'm the one to do that because I don't have a whole lot of influence in my life. But could, could I tell you something? Here in the sanctuary and there in line, when did you think it was about you? 
The work of which he has begun. Not you have begun. The work of which he has begun. He, he, not you, he. He will use you, but he will bring it to its completion. So if God is doing that within me, who am I to say, well, you can't? Because it's amazing what he has done. I mean, just, I mean, he used a, a, a piece of stick to divide the red water, the waters of the Red Sea, I mean. He used a little stone, a pebble, to knock, well, Goliath off of his feet. I mean, he says he uses the most strangest things, and, and, then, and then he uses you and me, you know. And I go, wow. So he goes, you're going to do this in me. How could I challenge that? Because you don't fail at anything. You see, we are here to make a difference. Do you know that this church is 96 years old this year? It started in 1925. 96 years old. And through everything that we have been through the past 96 years, and this 95th year as we have gone through the pandemic, we are still alive. And we are still very, very well. God is in control of what he's doing. We are here. You can give God an applaud on that. Absolutely. Give him the glory and the praise for this. We are here to make a difference. You are here to make a difference. We are here to influence this crazy culture around us that is looking for something that is real, something that is true, something that what has some integrity within it. We are here to be the people of God, to be able to share that light of God's word, to be that salt, to be that, that flavor of who we're able to be. So, that was just my introduction. So we may be here. Don't worry. I'm not going to keep you here any later than 6 o'clock tonight, okay? So we're going to be fine. Now, first of all, the premise of verses, verses 13 and 14 speaks of corruption and darkness. Because you remember, he says, we're coming out of a dark world. I want you to know that we do live in a corrupted, dark world. And you go, duh, you know, boy, look what we've been through this past year, all the chaos that is going on. And the crazy thing is that regarding that culture in which we live in, God is saying, I want you to know that salt is needed and so is light. You didn't know that because in the integrity, before they receive that salt that flavors our life and the character of Christ and that light that shines on that truth, they got to see it being lived out in the integrity of who we are. I find it interesting that there was a education um, magazine that was put out several years ago, and it said this. Man is increased in scientific, medical, historical, uh, educational, psychological, and technically with knowledge to an uh, astounding degree. But he has not changed his own basic nature, and he's not improved society. Man's knowledge has greatly improved but the morals have progressively degenerated. It said his confidence has increased. 
but his peace of mind has diminished. His accomplishments have grown, has increased, but his sense of purpose and meaning have all but disappeared. And instead of improving the moral and spiritual quality of his life, man's discoveries, listen, has accomplished, have simply provided ways for him to express and promote his depravity faster and more destructively. And Philippians 3.19 tells us that in these days, man will glory in their shame. Hmm. We've seen that. They brag about it, about the sin in their life, and they write books about it, and lunatics buy it to read it for some reason. How edifying could that possibly be? Modern man has simply invented more ways to corrupt and to destroy himself. That's why we need to be people of integrity these days. Amazingly, that was written several decades ago. And listen to this. Time magazine, several decades ago, said this. Today, young radicals are sensitive to the wrongs of their societies. Yeah, about time. And they denounce them violently. That's an oxymoron. And and, and is it any different today? You see, we live in a fallen world. And that fallen world can't heal itself. Only Christ can. And the only way they're able to see Christ is it, it being lived out in us, that we are people of integrity, of those who are bringing that salt and that light to a world around us. Number two is reflecting in verses 14 and 15 is the plan of our impact on society. He, he didn't just allow us. We have the freedom to do what we want, and we're not doing a great job in our society. But he says, I have a plan to be able to overcome that. And, and, and that the idea is that we can when he's working through us. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. The heart is more deceitful than um, all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? God can. He's able to take that hard, degenerate, immoral heart and do a heart replacement that is absolutely perfect, perfected. That's why he's saying that we are to be that salt and that light. Again, he reminds us in those verses, you, you are to do that. Here's what what being salt means. One, that we are um, to be salt in the culture. It means that we are to add flavor to our society. Hmm. It's, it's the taste of holiness, of righteousness, the taste of God. Two, we are to remain pure. Uh, he says that, well, to be perfect as I am perfect. Well, yeah, I think I'm, I'm in trying to do that. It's, it's a work in progress. 
could, could I tell you something? And, and I tell you from the bottom of my heart, and, 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 and really speaking to myself as I'm speaking to you, but I need to tell you that you're a piece of work. Uh, we got a long way to go. But, but God is conforming us into his image, and it's a journey that is so amazing, so beautiful. Because I find out that I'm better today than I was yesterday, and I'll be better tomorrow than I am today. But it's a journey. But it's a journey that I have to choose to be on and choose to be on in the walking of that integrity. i got to be honest with myself, honest of, absolutely with God, honest with each other. As he says, that light, that salt is in the home first, then into the culture of the world around us. Then, then number three is, is that we are to create a thirst, a thirst that, wow, what is it that you have? I, I want to taste that. I, I want to see if that's really real. Four is to contribute value to the society because there's value in everybody. In every individual, I don't care what their past may be, God has created that person for a purpose and that he is able to conform them into his image if we would introduce them to him. And we introduce them by being people of integrity who they can trust. Yeah, number n- number five is, is yes, yeah, salt can be kind of hurt if you put it on an open wound. Sometimes they'll reject us at first, but when they see how we really love and care for them, the integrity in our life, they're going to come around. And number six is, well, this is the most exciting, is that we are to preserve life. That means to live that to the very fullness of what God has given to us. Those six things are wonderful. But that's about salt. Let me tell you something about light. Light, it shines in darkness. It remains visible. It burns brightly. Now, God desires all this within our life when we're living that life of integrity. Did you know that sociologists tells us something very interesting that we are people of influence, every single one of us. D- did you know in a lifetime that that person sitting beside you, behind you, in front of you, around you, maybe sitting in your seat, you, did you know that you will influence 10,000 people in a lifetime? 10,000 people. That means that on a Sunday morning, we can fill this church, and we have the capacity squeezed in, sitting shoulder to shoulder, to fill it to 500 people to sit in this sanctuary. We could fill it 20 times in one Sunday. That means I would have to preach 20 times in one Sunday. Give me the chance. I may have to shorten the sermon a little bit, and they're going, oh, well, that's cool, you know. And, or maybe we'll do the Saturday 10 and then a Sunday 10. But here's the thing, is that we have that potential. Now, that is just one person. If I combine both services and everybody watching online, we have a faithful following of 500 plus people easily. 
500 plus people. That's 5 million people in a lifetime. See, what, what I love about the influence of what one person could do or exciting what a body of Christ, what we could do is beyond imagination. But Ephesians 20 says is beyond anything we can imagine. And did you know that this church, as I said, started back 96 years ago. That is 1925. 1925, we weren't the Seminaries of God yet. We, 1940, we became a part of the Seminaries of God. But, but our founding fathers of, of this church in 1925, they, they really accepted the, the 16 fundamental statements of belief of which we believe in as an Assemblies of God church, and, and even though then we weren't. But, but that little handful of people had the integrity of the community. To where a man named Chandler, I think it was Dr. Chandler it was, back then he, he saw the integrity of that handful of people and he says, I'm going to give you a property there down on Fry Road. It's still there. And I'm going to allow you to build a church. Only one stipulation, there always has to be a church on that property, even if you move. Well, we did, but there is a church on that little corner of that property still to this very day. And, and, and I want to tell you something else, is that out of that very small handful of people, who was salt and light, and the community be able to reach around Chandler and touch the lives of the people within that church. Out of that church, over the next 96 years, is that there came out of this church. Oh, by the way, Chandler is named after that gentleman, too. By, that's why it's Chandler, Arizona. Out of that 96 years, that humble beginning came missionaries, lead pastors, youth pastors, social pastors, children's pastors, worship pastors, lay leaders, not only throughout Arizona, not only throughout the United States, but around the world. <laughs> and many of you couldn't name most of those people because they're not so popular in the eyes of the world or even the religious world, but in the eyes of God. He knows exactly who they are. And those lies have touched lies and touched lies. Tens of thousands of people have been touched over the past 96 years that we are that salt and that light. And I'm going to tell you something right now, church, that God says, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you as an individual. I'm not done with you as a church. I have something in store for 2021. No pandemic, no crazy politics, no economic crisis. Nothing could stop what I want to do because I am the author and the finisher of your faith, and I'm able to do what I planned out to do because I have a purpose. I have a purpose for your life. And that purpose is to call us to be those people of influence. And that person of influence walks in that integrity of who they are in Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that it's so vitally important that we walk in that integrity because God doesn't miss around with someone who's proclaiming to be something and not living 
up to what they're claiming to be. There in Acts, the fifth chapter, there was that lack of integrity of hypocrisy in Ananias and Sapphira. Now, that's not a good situation because they're claiming to give what they were able to give to the church when they didn't give it all what they said they'd give. And then when they were challenged, and they says, we gave it. Well, they dropped dead in the spot. I'm ready to take an offering. <laughs> uh, wow. Then in James 1, there was the lack of integrity in the immorality in the church. He says, I'm not going to mess around with that. I'm going to remove it. And then in 1 Corinthians 11.30, there was that integrity of an unrepentive or unrepentive life. See, when he calls us to be the salt, when he says, I want you to be the salt and the light to the world, it was not a suggestion. He's saying, this is what you're going to be. Because if you're going to be a follower of Christ or who I'm calling you to be, if you're going to make that decision to accept me as your Lord and Savior, then you are going to live that life. When, when, when my, my children, they used, when they were young, living at home, then they moved, then they moved back, then they moved out, then they moved. Uh, finally, they left. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, uh, there's life after kids. I'm going to tell you the ones with young kids. You know, there really is. <laughs> it's like the rabbi says, life begins when the dog dies and the last kid leaves. You know, <laughs> think of that. You got freedom. But, but, but here's, here's the thing is that God has called us to live that life. And he's not messing around with it because he's saying you will be that light and that salt or nothing else. So in 2021, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to walk that life integrity. And I know there's a lot of things that are challenging. And I understand that we are a piece of work in progress, okay? That's true. We are. But it's a work of which he has begun. It's a work that he's doing. In that, even though that I said we are being conformed into his image, that we are being conformed into his image. It is a process. I love that process because we're able to say, I'm better today than I was yesterday. I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today because it's a process. Because when we live that life in integrity, is that the Holy Spirit is living that life within us and we're able to accomplish that. And when I accomplish that, a multitude of thousands, a thousand of people are being touched. Those people in Mexico right now have been touched by this church because of the Christmas food boxes that we put out, and they didn't even know any of us as individuals. It is that influence that God cares about us. He cares about them. Hmm. Here's something that Jack Hayford once wrote. He said this, a call to the church has never been to be political analysts. He called us to be cultural catalysts that who will act as salt and light to a society. But there are dangers. Salt, if you use too much, becomes embittering. But if you sprinkle it, it flavors. 
And the light is annoying if it glares in the face. And if you shine that light that is so bright that it becomes irritating in people's eyes. He said, if you don't think Jesus called us to, you know, but don't think that Jesus called us to rub salt in the wounds of, of the world or to shine a bright light upon their imperfections and their sins because he hasn't. He's called us to be that warm glow of Christ. He's called us to show that love and that flavor, that that taste, that salt of that empowering flavor of Christ. Taste this. It's like a honeycomb, Scripture says, that flavor of Christ within our lives. You know the word integrity. It comes from the Latin word sincerios. Sincerios is where we get sincerity, which comes basically from the phrase without wax. What? Without wax? What in the world is that all about? Well, years ago, well, even today, the potter, when when they are heating up the fires to put the pottery in the fire, if it's too hot, it begins to put cracks in the pottery. And what they would do when they would take the pottery out, they would see some of these cracks, and they would fill it in with wax to cover it up. And once in a while, they would bring that pottery out, and there would be no cracks in it, and they would put a label underneath it, was written in Latin, and says, Sincerios, the vessel of integrity with no cracks. See, he wants us to be people of integrity. He doesn't want us to be cracked that we're living on two sides, one side on Sunday and one side in the world on the next day. He's calling us to be those people of integrity, that wholeness, and that wholeness comes within him, who we are in Christ. I love this story. The story is about Joe. Now, some of you may may remember Red Skelton. And in Red Skelton, he had this 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 guy that was a hobo or drunk or something. He goes, hey, Joe, you know. And so some people say, huh? The older ones say, yeah, I remember him. That was a pretty good guy. Well, Joe here was an alcoholic. And, and being, being a a alcoholic, and, and you see, we are to live this life that is to glorify God. I want to glorify God. That's that fourth point. And, and when I glorify him, it's in whatever I'm doing. And this guy who was a drunk, he came miraculously transformed when he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. But he didn't abandon the world that he lived in. He really stayed in that area. He, he worked in Skid Row. He, he ministered out of the mission there. He, he would go out in the streets, and, and, and he would show that loving care for those people. Everybody loved Joe. He didn't condemn them. He just was there to love them because he experienced that love. So one Sunday night, there was a revival going on in that mission. And, and this, the drunk came in, and he was so moved 
by meeting Joe out in the street and hearing that message and that mission that night. He, he went to the altar just broken and weeping, and the altar worker came up to him. He says, what could I do for you? And here's what the drunk said. Oh, oh, I want to be like Joe. I want to be like Joe. And, and the altar workers, oh, oh, no, you're wrong, wrong. No, you want to be like Jesus. He didn't hear, didn't know who Jesus was. He says, is Jesus like Joe? He goes, yes. He goes, and I want to be like him too. You, you see, church, they can't distinguish the difference, the world. When we walk in that integrity of our walk, they're going to see Jesus. And who cares if they see us as long as they see Christ? And when that is being lived out, we impact that world around us. And they will say, I want to be like that. This past week, we had a very precious lady, Sarah Horner, who passed away in the church. Many of you probably don't know who she is. Those who've been a part of the church for a while knows exactly. She is this precious elderly, I could say saint, who's in the church. She, she, she would walk into the church, and, and, and I loved her because I would greet her, and Arlene and I would greet her, and, and, and she would look me up and down, then she would look Arlene up and down and just checking her out, you know. Be sure everything is proper. She's aware of the world around her. Then she would tell us how much she loved us, how good it was to be in church. And when there was a need, and she had a lot of them lately, is that I would, she would ask me to pray for her. And I'm telling you, church, it took a megasecond. When I start praying for her, she began to weep immediately. And that weeping was not because she was miserable or broken. She was just in awe of the presence of God that fast. Why? Because she walked that life. She walked that life of integrity. And here's, here's the beauty of this elderly senior lady who's struggling with, with all the health issues that was in her life, is that when I would pray with her and she would be so aware of the presence of God, it would just suck me right in. All of a sudden, I am standing where she is standing and I am in the presence of God and I could barely pray because of the integrity of her life the aroma of her life oozed the presence of an almighty God. You see, when, when the disciples, you've heard me say this, would walk among the crowd after they'd been with Jesus, when their shadow would fall upon them, they were being healed. And it wasn't the shadow, you know. People would like to put all types of stuff, the shadow, be in the shadow. It was the manifestation of the glory of God in those people's lives. The integrity 
who they are in being before they even prayed, before they did anything, is who they were. In him, they lived and moved and had their being. And when we do that, the integrity of our lives is going to touch the community around us. In 2021, church, as, as this p- pandemic begins to just leave, and people are able to begin to come together more and more. We won't have to be wearing these masks or, or having the every other pew to separation. Is that we're going to fill those pews up with people because people are going to see the integrity of what is happening. Why? Because they lived that life in 2020. Because there was something going on in people's lives, in their homes, in their individual lives. It was maybe it was God's cleaning time. Maybe it was God's time out for the body of Christ. It says, examine yourself. And as we begin this 2021, I'm asking you as a body of Christ to examine yourself. Here in the sanctuary, there online, examine ourselves. Saying if there's anything that is not walking in the integrity of who we are as the children of an almighty God, that then, Lord, remove it. Deal with it in our lives and allow that sanctification of what he's able to do, that process. You're not going to be perfect immediately. No one is. But I guarantee you that God will work with what he has, and he will never force himself upon us. We'll say, Lord, take this broken life. Take it and do with it as you wish. And when we do, (laughs) that tsunami of what God has been doing in individuals' lives will begin to erupt. And I'm going to tell you something is that you better get here early because seats are going to be taken. I'm looking for the day and when there will be people sitting in their cars in the parking lot waiting for us to unlock the doors. You know, as they used to do on Black Friday, they would wait till those doors would be unlocked or rush in to get the deal. I got the deal. It's the real deal. It is the sanctifying work of what God could do through someone willing to walk in the integrity of their faith.